Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on September the 26th, 2023. I'm your host, Game Psychologist, and with me, as always, he be being a puddle. Graham the Hobo. Also known as... Caffeine Rage. And that's an inside joke, you'll get in some pranking content. On today's episode, we will be discussing this month's game club, Beat Cop. We'll be reminding you about our next game club game for October... Fables creator places Wolf Among Us universe in public domain amid clash with DC over Telltale adaptation. SAG-AFTRA members approve video game strike authorization vote with 98.32% yes vote. And from our community corner, Phil Spencer is right, AAA games are in big trouble, and the KSP2 registry spam. They promise a fix, quote, soon. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. And I might have been a little bit of asshole putting soon in quotes, but uh, KSP2 has had a little bit of a glacial pace on its development, so it doesn't feel unwarranted. When you say development, I, I heard the Paul Allen developers, developers, developers in my head for reasons. <laughs> oh, Paul Allen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is why you have to balance the amount of uh, uh, cocaine that you take before you uh, do a uh, presentation like that. I'm just surprised his heart didn't explode during all that. Maybe it did, but he was just on so much <laughs> so cocaine, it, it didn't kill him. Ah, <laughs> oh, nonsense. The only person that can pull that off is Keith Richards. Maybe Ozzy Osbourne. But, eh. Alibon. Get a crazy train immediately. It, it feels wrong making fun of Ozzy Osbourne, though. So Why? we'll go to Keith Richard. Uh, he, he he has Alzheimer's. I he he probably wants to be remembered for how he lived, not how he's he's dying. Uh, at least I think it's Alzheimer's. Could be brain damage from all the drugs. Oh, so, oh sorry, Parkinson's. Ah, yeah, he uh, came out last year. Uh, no, two years ago about. Uh, him having Parkinson's. I didn't know that, but I don't keep up with any type of celebrity news. I heard it in, like, uh, general listening to the news. Yeah. I don't try, I, have, I honestly try to avoid celebrity news because 95% of them are just, why is this a news uh, topic? Or who gives a fuck? Or just simply... Who? Yeah. But then again, that's especially... Uh, 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 that's a question that comes up a lot whenever I hear popular YouTuber? Who? <laughs> yeah. Popular with who? Your son. The, the, the kids these days, yeah. Yeah, well, I... if we want to take care of the kids these days, we could always go on to our game club. We could. We could do that. Let's let's do that. We're both tired. We both had long days in their mm. own respective ways. Um mm. so let's let's do that. Uh for the uninitiated. Hello, welcome. Spanking Tom. We would say sorry, but I don't think either of us are sorry. At least I'm not. 
Uh, That's because game... you have no shame. Correct. Game Club is a time where the, the two of us purposefully engage in playing the same game at the same time. And we do invite the community to join and play along. Um, and if they ever so desire, can submit their own thoughts, feelings, feedback, horror stories, traumatic experiences, etc. Um, this month, we played a game by the name of Beat Cop. One that you and I were both uh, confused, yeah, misled. Yeah, it's... I, I don't want to say misled, because that... Uh, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, that more uh, goes into what they were saying. It's more we assumed wrong about it. Yeah. So, uh, Beat Cop is essentially a love letter, supposedly, to 80s cop shows with a mixture of, uh, old, older style point click adventure and, uh, well, Papers, Please, where you are uh, Jack Kelly, a former homicide detective that got, well, not even framed, you're the scapegoat yep. for a murder-slash-jewelry heist of a uh, of the state senator. They don't say which one, but... Mm. And you're busted down to beat cop while Internal Affairs figures out what the fuck. And it's the 1980s, uh, the Mafia's running, uh, well, I, it's, the Mafia's running, I can't believe it's not New York. I don't think they actually say New York, but... They do. No, they do. Oh, they do? Okay. Yep. They call out specific precincts. Uh, now, the street in question, like, mm-hmm. those addresses, they're all fictional. Yeah. But, I mean, you are in New York. It doesn't... Okay. okay. It well, doesn't obfuscate that fact. Well, it says, uh... Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I missed the comma. I thought New York inspired, not New York inspired, or New York comma inspired. Which are two very different things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you're on the beat, walking the streets, uh, writing parking tickets, and trying to basically foster a reputation with the community, with uh, the two gangs that are, are in uh, play. And, of course, the cops, as you try to clear your name and, well, get back your old job, essentially. And it sounds a lot more interesting than what it actually is. Yep. yep okay, yep. so so let's talk about the tonal issues first, because this game feels all over the place. Well, let, let's put it this way. Let's just tell you that kind of the level of writing we're dealing with. Um, your precinct is uh, precinct sixty nine. Yep. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Having a you know a dumb joke like that isn't a damning thing, but it's a red flag. And I think the game put a sour taste to my mouth the moment I hit new game, and we got a splash screen talking about how they essentially don't want to make a political statement. Uh, and they just want to honor 80s cop shows, which, okay, fine. If you want to honor 80s cop shows, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can pull from. Uh, the tropes, the stereotypes of the time. And then you immediately get the drill, well, not drill sergeant, but yeah, the uh, the uh, the sergeant, and I'm blanking on the proper position for him. 
uh, you know, talking about how I mean, he'll, how he'll he's fuck your you boss. up. Yeah, how he'll fuck you up if you uh, get out of line. It's just, it's not exactly in line with 80s cop shows. It's not even in line with 80s cop movies. No, I mean, they do not, okay. If this game actually followed through on what it said it was trying to do, fine. You know, not for me, not exactly what I wanted, although that might make it better. But it doesn't. Like, it immediately comes out the gate and says, we want to make a game that honors cop shows of the 1980s as a love letter to those shows. And I've watched plenty of those shows. And they were, I mean, there might be a little innuendo here or there. Mm -hmm, But absolutely, cops in them are pretty much squeaky clean. Yeah, because they're, I mean, they're they're copaganda. Uh They want you to think that cops are these, like, super good mostly or entire you know entirely or mostly above board people who only have the best interest of of people and the law at heart uh and this game doesn't do that they're all gross all of the cops are at least all of the cops that that you really encounter or at least early in the game at least that i've encountered mm-hmm. are like gross in inco- they're you know somewhere between incompetent, incompetent and, and just corrupt. assholes well, uh, they're between, corrupt, they're yeah. grody, they're sexist, they're racist. And not that a game can't be sexist or racist if you're trying to use it to prove a point or to a certain extent to establish the era that you're in, but they do it in ways that feels gratuitous and has no purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're making a game, right, see, this is this is this dissonance in, in this game's storytelling that, that doesn't track, because they say... I mean, literally, you press new game, there's immediately, you know, a splash screen that says, you know, like you said, love letter to the 80s cop shows or whatever. So if that's the game they're making, well, they don't seem to do any of that. There's too much of focus on corruption and issues within the police force and, um, you know, this ongoing sort of gang war type of stuff. It's like, okay, so you want to do like a serious story, but then there is all of the innuendo there are these weird ridiculous over-the-top situations that keep popping up did Uh you get the i don't know if you got far enough because i think i got a little bit farther than you did you know the diner that you can go to um and at least in the beginning you get like free breakfast um although if you piss her off she stops giving you free breakfast well she's Uh got a thing where that there's like a guy coming to do like a he's he's a food critic and she has bugs in her restaurant. And initially it's fine. It's like, okay, you're trying to help the community. You're going to help this lady, like, get bug spray for her for her restaurant and help her clean it up. And then, like, there's this whole scene where that you get high off of the the bug spray. And you have this weird, like, LSD trip where that you're talking to a giant cockroach. And then, like, you fight it. I mean, it, you don't it, like it's. It's just like it's kind of a cutscene. You're. It's not a mini game or anything. But like mm-hmm. you fight it in the mini game, and then you can let it go and live, or you can kill it with more bug spray. And then the guy comes in to do the food critiquing stuff, and he gets high off of the bug spray. And it's like, why is this here? What does this have to do with '80s cop shows or like this serious critique of the police? This look at like. What does this have to do? And those types of situations happen repeatedly. So there, there's a... Did you get the Russian guy? 
Yeah, I got the Russian guy. And so there's a, it was a, it was more than a little cringe. Yep. There's a Russian cop, Ex- Ford Exchange, essentially, who comes to to your precinct and like you're supposed to babysit him. And I'm. Did you stay with him the whole day? No, he immediately uh, bugs out on or bugged out and uh, disappeared on me. Right, but you can follow him mm-hmm. and and keep track of him. I I did not. So like he goes to the bar. And he goes to the diner and causes problems. Mm-hmm. And he winds up in some kind of fight and he kills somebody. And then you can get people to help you cover it up. And then he goes to a hooker. And there's all of this super cringy dialogue about, like, they, in Russia, he can't fuck yeah. black women. Yeah, and it's, it's like, just, okay, oh. what? Why is this here? This is so out of place. The whole thing. Just major tonal whiplash and then occasionally you come back to the story and it's like yeah we don't think you did it you're being set up that cop that died they were it was they screwed up they were supposed to kill you it's like okay like that honestly feels the most like the the quote-unquote main story feels the most like an 80s cop drama it's like a weird conspiracy and somebody dies and it was supposed to be you and you've got to do the detective work to find out who the real, you know, who the killers are and the actual root of the conspiracy theory. And it's like that just kind of plays out in the background between you writing parking tickets and running into these weird situations that are racist and mm-hmm. trying to balance, you know, making the mafia and the air, um, you know, air quotes, the crew, which is what they call yeah. the the black gang, the black gang. A matter of fact, it, for a while, I thought they were called the Blacks because that's what everybody referred to them as. And they call them they call them Blackies, the Blackies. Which, ooh. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's the Mafia and the crew and then the, the as you mentioned earlier, the actual cops and then the sort of normal people who live on this street. So you're trying normal to balance all those... Sarcasm quotes. Right. And you're trying to b- balance all of those reputations. Yeah, I've watched a few reviews on this since I didn't get very far in. And I do agree with... Well, there's one review that highlighted a couple of things that that was bugging me that I couldn't like, quite put my finger on. And it was, one, there's not really a likable character to be seen. Yeah. I mean, it's either you have characters that are very one-note or just assholes. And no in-between. But also, one uh, reviewer got to the end of the game and hadn't uh, hit a particular uh, character early on and played the entire 21 days and never had any of the main story pop up because they missed a character on, like, day three. Is it your detective buddy? Yeah, they didn't talk to the detective buddy or something like that. They didn't highlight which character they missed. They just said... Very early on, so day probably three, four, or five. And I could just imagine how utterly boring this game would be if without any of the main story popping up. Especially if you had to replay it to actually get the main story, because... Oh, the the game... Okay, the game feels like it saw Papers, Please, and didn't learn any of the tricks to keep the mundane... 
idea of a border agent interesting by changing things. Outside of a few notable days, which I looked at a walkthrough to look at the upcoming, you know, like, uh, how, yeah, quotas. Yeah. All of them uh, revolve around writing enough parking tickets and maybe, you know, towing vehicles or uh, having certain violations like headlights. And then everything else is responding to uh, this thing uh, at this time or responding to that. But that's not part of the quota. That's just a thing that pops up and it always pops up at that time. Yep. Although if you don't do those things, you do get docked both uh-huh. in terms of pay and your sergeant will yell at you and you'll lose some reputation with the police. Yeah, which some of them are absolutely not your fault. Uh, the shoplifters, for example. I only saw like two of them on day, what was it, three, four? And I looked into it later and essentially whenever the shoplifter uh, you know, triggers... They could run either left or right, and if you just don't happen to be in that area, well, you're fucked. So yeah. unless you know exactly where the shoplifter's going to pop up, you know, there's no way for you to stop them if you're unlucky, which is not good design. Yeah. Ultimate... Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it really feels like the game uh, misattributes some of the... Uh, idea of where this game came from to some of the darker uh, anti-cop movies in the 80s and 90s. It it feels like somebody's writing about you know, the seedy underbelly that is shown off a bit in like Robocop. Yeah. But that's not a cop that's not a cop television show like they say. They specifically say television shows. Yeah. I don't remember, you know, uh, uh, any of the cop shows back then uh, having uh, uh, the opening briefing of the day, the one uh, uh, woman officer being uh, harassed repeatedly. Yep. Now, I believe that was happening, but it's not shown in any of those shows, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Yeah, but so. remember, they didn't want this to be political. True. They just, uh, they just said, don't have, uh, don't think too hard on it. Uh, have fun with it. Yep. Which is such a, uh, such a cop out. Eee. But that, I, you know, your previous line, they just, you know, want you to have fun with it is a good segue to what I want to talk about, which is this game is not fun. And that <laughs> in and of itself can be okay. Video games don't have to be fun. They do have to be compelling. The most common way that video games are compelling, I think, is that they are fun. But other ways that games can be compelling is by telling an interesting story, providing a unique or particularly rewarding challenge loop. Um, uh, feeling rewarding just in general gameplay. Yep. Yeah. Or through just, you know, graphical powerhouse or simulating something that you can't do. Yeah, I was going to say by being like a, a sort of art project. You know, that that can do that. But um, this game is none of those things. Its mechanics are not, I mean, you know, like you, you've said, like they feel very uh, papers pleasy without learning the actual lessons of what makes papers please mechanics, both 
uh, interesting to engage with and contribute to the story overall, which is pretty sparse in Papers, Please, but you do understand really quickly what's going on and what your role mm-hmm. is and what you need to do if you want your in-game family to be okay. Like, this game <laughs> just feels like it's like, well, we gotta have some kind of, like, money sink every few days. Uh, oh, I know, let's make it alimony. And or, just have... Oh, time for your child support payment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's not compelling from a mechanical perspective. Its story is so disjointed, so dissonant, so, you know, there's so much whiplash to it. It's not compelling through story reasons. It's not particularly uniquely beautiful or, um, artistically interesting. I mean, the soundtrack is okay. I don't hate the soundtrack, but it you know it's also not anything in my opinion that's like super special. You I know? will say that the art wise, it's impressive pixel art, uh, and very detailed. There's usually something interesting going on in the background that makes it so that it doesn't feel like a you know static uh, uh, city street. Yeah, uh, even if it's just you know like cats running around or pigeons flying, uh, but. There's always, like, some detail uh, that uh, catches my eye. And it's a shame that, you know, it's attached to such a, you know, kind of boring game. Hello. Oh, there you are. Are are we good? Can you hear me again? Yeah. Okay. Don't know what happened there. Um, What was the last thing that you had said? Uh, That it's a shame that uh, such a uh, detailed and pretty pixel art is attached to such a boring game yes although it's not it's not particularly unique or special though like there are Uh, well it's detailed that's what i was trying to say yeah it is i don't know i there is a game that could be made here you know there is a core idea that you could take several different directions and if you refocus your game design um you know your aesthetics your um the soundtrack is fine so your aesthetics and your mechanics and your story around either just straight up doing an 80s style cop show or cop movie but like as video game form that's fine that could work you could focus on the dark and gritty stuff and make it be a critique of the police both in the past and things that still exist today or you could you could just lean into the weird wacky stuff and tell some kind of weird, disjointed, like, fever dream. But trying to do all three at the same time, like, constantly, it's just confusing. It's not good. I also don't like writing parking tickets. <laughs> Boring. Well, it's a stupid mechanic. Unless I mean, the point yes. is to be... In, unless the point... Which, again, there's, like I can't tell for sure, but unless the, the thing is, like, a critique on cops who write parking tickets because it's like you know you get these quotas of like checking the tires or checking for busted headlights but it's like a lot of them are just like well just make sure you write enough parking tickets so i'm walking up and down the street looking and it's like oh that person's blocking a fire hydrant parking ticket that person's in the no parking zone parking ticket and then i'm not taking the time to inspect the tires um uh there's actually a couple uh tricks on that uh I just happened to find a god on that one. So 
if you look very closely at the parking meters, it does show the red, uh, you know, expired uh, on the parking meters. Yeah. And also for the tires, if there's skid marks behind the car, uh, they have at least one bad tire. What about for lights? Is there a trick L- for if they're lights? lights are, they're, it sparks. Oh. Now, okay. that's what that's what I get into with the art is very detailed. They didn't have to go in and make the parking meters actually show expired by the uh, just looking at them without inspecting them. Uh, which uh, brings up a like a secondary window that shows expired or how much time's left. Yeah. I had but- noticed the um the skid marks, although I didn't realize that that meant that the car had bad tires. Yeah. Had you kind of started to pick a side? Like, I was gravitating more towards the Mafia. I mean, I didn't like any of the factions for many reasons. Yeah, that's kind of the problem with having no likable characters. Or even... They don't even have to be likable. All of them were just disgusting. Yeah. But I, I was gravitating towards the Mafia because, like, on the first day, or maybe the second day, they're like, hey, we know what's up with you, and if you help us, we'll help you, you know, resolve your issues. Uh, did you look at the endings? No. Okay, shall we go into full, full-blown full spoiler territory? Sure, I don't know how much I'll be able to help since I didn't look at the endings, but... Well, uh, okay, so there's non-different endings, uh, essentially arranged into three different groups. Uh, one is if you didn't progress the story at all. Uh, at the end of day 21, you basically get a game over. And uh, with a newspaper coming up saying that your character was shot a few days after uh, the end date. Uh, writing a parking ticket and an argument broke out. Which kind of feels most on point <laughs> in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a secondary thing where you could uh, retreat to Mexico. Yeah, I had the guy offer me mm-hmm. tickets to, to Mexico. Uh, then there's uh, two groups of uh, endings. One is uh, re- as reputation-based, where if you get high enough reputation with the cops, they'll offer you to transfer you to the motorcycle division. Uh, if you get high enough with the mafia... You actually leave the cops and join the mafia. Hell yeah. And pretty much the same for the crew. Although uh, the crew it, uh, makes it sound like you're a corrupt cop. While the mafia just makes it sound like you're accepting a job. Uh, and then uh, eventually, following the story, you find the tape that everybody's talking about that shows what really happened with, at the Senators. Uh and if you turn into the cops, uh, you basically get your, get your old job back. If you turn into the mafia, uh, they basically use it to blackmail the senator. Uh, and I believe you also get your job, old homicide detective job back there. And if you give it to the crew, of course, they use it to murder the senator because they're black, right? What What else do they know? I was going to say, like, where does that escalation come from? Like, you get all of the street crime stuff, to, I mean, to a certain extent, like, you know, that's that's their territory. They're trying to do stuff, just like the mafia is there, you know, mm-hmm. hustle drugs and, um, 
you know, promote certain members of the community and like so on and so forth. But like moving to a, a kill the senator. Yeah. Okay. So I went to the wiki page to make sure I covered everything. So yeah, if you give the tape uh, uh, to the police, the FBI arrests the senator, it charges him for being involved in a uh, corruption scandal, including uh, corruption inside the NYPD. Uh, if you give it to the mafia, uh, the mafia gives it in exchange back to Jack. The senator's stolen uh, diamonds, clearing Jack's name, and he gets reinstated. So basically, they blackmail the uh, senator. The crew just murders him for whatever reason. Sure. You can also give the tape to the senator himself, uh, which Jack will be reinstated as a detective, but he's killed in the upcoming days by the crew as revenge for cooperating with the senator. I see. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and that's all the endings, really. Uh, loyalty, uh, acceptance. Essentially, if you get high enough loyalty, uh, you accept an offer uh, from the captain uh, uh, with the uh, with a newspaper article sh- talking about your transfer to motorcycle police. Mafia, you... Uh, quit your job with the police and become a mafia member. And the crew, if the player gets uh, gets an offer to join there, uh, Jack again quits uh, to become a member of the crew. But uh, oh, sorry, but it's unknown to the public that that he does that. So yeah, you know, they don't know that he's in with them. Ooh, right, right. Can't they, see the uh, the white cop joining the black gang. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's the endings. They all suck. They all suck. Did you, did you, I I also don't know if this is like a scripted event to happen or if it's random. Did you run into your daughter? Uh, no, I know that she's a character that I think it's later on. Okay. I basically, I think my last day actually was with the Russian cop and I just kind of was having enough at that point. Yeah. And I was is it just me or does the game, does the days feel like they both drag on too long and are too short? Yes. They're too short for the amount of shit that they want you to do. And it does seem like they pull, uh, or they try to do one lesson for papers, please, where eventually there's too many things to do. So you have to really laser focus on certain tasks in your quota. Yeah. But they're so long in the fact that yeah, you're saying they're just writing fucking parking tickets until something happens. Yeah, I um, it's not worth it. It's not that great of a game. And so disappointing because, well, one, it's been on my game club list for a long time, and there's so many ways that they could have done this better with a little bit more focus. You know? Yeah. If they wanted to do the dark, gritty uh, story, well, first of all, you'd have to give. Not all the, uh, you know, wacky hijinks, but most of them. Yeah. If you want to do wacky hijinks, you know, don't try to preface this with saying, this is a homage to cop shows of the 80s. And if you want to do your cop show of the 80s, you know, do your cop show of the 80s. It would have been fun. Yeah. Although, you know, you would have to not focus on writing your parking tickets all day. It really feels... Feels like uh, three people wrote uh, this game and never communicated what they were doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
And I'll be damned if I know how it has such high reviews. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? I don't, other than, like, kind of uh, my closing thought. Yeah, I think I'm uh, pretty much done as well, so uninstall. Yep. B-Cup, not good. Pretty, pretty big mess. If for some reason you listen to this and you're like, yeah, that sounds like a good one to me. I mean, you know, it's not that expensive. It goes on sale all the time on Steam. Yeah, yeah, it goes on sale for like two bucks. Yeah. But I don't think it's worth it. I mean, I really wanted to like it, but it's just I kept sliding off of it because total whiplashes, just weird shit going on. And you have to be very careful with the story because... It does seem like it's possible to just completely miss it. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like that compelling of a gameplay loop to want to play just with that. Yeah. Not very interesting. Not very fun. Not compelling. Hard pass. Speaking of which... (laughs) Yeah, our next Game Club game for October is uh, Starfield. Normally, for Spoopy Month, we do a specifically horror-themed game of some kind. Well, uh, to be fair... Yep. Starfield is very scary, because Bethesda made it. But there are also some really interesting, like, horror-themed, horror-inspired quest lines. Yeah. Especially if you do them low-level, it kind of wander into them. Yeah. So we did talk about this once um, already a little bit, but we had only both just more or less started playing and we've been getting more time. I have a whole folder called Starfield Bullshit. And it's like <laughs> news articles and kind of thoughts and feelings that I have. So can't wait to pull that out. Yeah, I have my... I made spreadsheets. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got the sheets out right yeah i have my kind of unfiltered thoughts right now in a text file i call skyfield i'll have my laptop open while i'm playing and just have a random thought like uh uh well, i'll give you one uh the game sometimes forgets that these plants don't have an atmosphere oh yeah i i had multiple npcs run out of a, a uh habitat through the uh, through the airlock without a spacesuit on, and per- and they're perfectly fine. Yeah. So, so somebody's lying, and I don't know who. They're just really good at holding their breath and not imploding slash exploding. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But remember, it's the most polished Bethesda game yet. <laughs> Man, I don't care how much you polish that turd; it's still a turd. So yeah, I mean, it's opening thoughts on Starfield. <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's say mixed feelings. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, let us move on to our first news topic of the night. Um, Fable's creator places Wolf Among Us universe in the public domain amid clash with DC over Telltale adaptation. So, this was actually on the docket for last week, but I missed it in... Copying, pasting shit over. Yeah. Uh, which might be a good thing because there was an updated statement that would have been kind of close to our recording time. So, essentially, 
Uh, I mean, the Bill uh, Willingham uh, has been rather displeased with how uh, DC is doling out uh, the Wolf Among Us, and has released uh, the Wolf, or I should say, the Wolf Among Us, the uh, Fable series, which is what the Wolf Among Us is based on, mm-hmm. uh, into the public domain, and there's no take backs on that, which so, I love. Yeah, which is honestly kind of fitting because the wolf. Uh, I need to. I need to remember fables. It's fables, not the Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us is the Telltale thing. The fable series is built around public domain characters uh, as uh, like a retelling of uh, classic fairy tales, mm-hmm. or I should say, now public domain because uh, public domain stuff is. Uh, very annoying to try to figure out sometimes. Which we did the Wolf Among Us for a game club a few years ago, right? Yeah, we're still waiting for the uh, next season, right? Yeah. Which may never be coming. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to read a paragraph of this that kind of highlights things going on. So in an extended account, Willingham discusses various conflicts that arose during his 20 years of working with DC Comics. Some of these were smaller patterns, like neglecting to ask his opinion on artists for new stories and uh, late reporting or underreporting of royalty payments to Willingham. But in recent years, the author feels that DC Comics has been trying to strong arm the ownership of Fables from me. End quotes. Uh, describing how, in his view, legal negotiators uh, have attempted to subtly recast Fables as DC's own property during contract discussions for new comic book issues to mark the setting's 20th anniversary. Which, damn, right? Mm-hmm. So, just cast it out into the public domain and make it part of the uh, of popular culture, right? Yep. It's like, hey, we're going to underpay you, we're not going to ask your opinions on things, and we're going to try to steal your creative work. Now, the problem with this is... Well, Willingham has a contract that basically forbids him from uh, self-publishing and uh, working with other uh, companies to do Fables comics, uh, if Mm -hmm. I recall correctly from the article. But that doesn't mean that others can't now. Right. You know, good for him. This is an excellent, excellent idea. Let's just put everything in the public domain. That would be awesome. But uh, they are trying to fight this, saying that uh, DC the Fab- uh, released a statement saying uh, the Fables comics and graphic novels published in by DC and their storylines, characters, and elements therein are owned by DC and protected under copyright laws of the United States. Therefore, uh, the world, in accordance with acceptable law, are not in the public domain. So this is probably going to end up in court. It's going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Although with how things are these days with courts, oh. Right. The ultra-conservative Supreme Court in the United States, as well as a lot of lower mm-hmm. circuit courts and judges. Uh, the author himself has also added uh, on... <laughs> I, now, I just noticed that uh, Rock Paper Shotgun has taken uh, to calling Twitter now Twitter X. I love that does any news source call that piece of shit uh, platform 
what it, what uh, Elon Musk wants to call it? I don't think so. Not that I know of. Although I'm pretty much uh, going to vacate it as soon as uh, there he's talking about wanting to do a subscription service for it now. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, that's me gone. <laughs> I'm not right. sure about you. Um, oh, hang on. Yo, had a nasty cough come through right there. Uh, no problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want another subscription service. <laughs> I've got enough. Probably even too many. But, uh, anyway, uh, before our tangent, uh, the author gave, uh, this statement. Uh, several questions have poured in over Fable's rights. No, this doesn't include the right to reprint previously uh, published Fable's books and stories. And if you come out with your own Fable's books, others can uh, uh, decide to reprint them. Create your own is the new order of things. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be one hell of a court battle, huh? Yep. I have mixed feelings about believing in the idea of, like, private intellectual property. But that's that's probably a philosophical discussion for another time when we're less tired. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It will be interesting to see uh, uh, if this kind of encourages Telltale or, you know, whoever is calling themselves Telltale these days. to mm-hmm. one, continue with The Wolf Among Us, and two, if it makes the bar to get a season three past season two... Yeah, that much lower. Yeah. Now I just want to see uh, if there's any update on this. On this specific topic? Uh, no, 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 on, on uh, Wolf Among Us 2. Still says next year. Well, I guess when it releases, I might take a look at it if it's mm-hmm. on the right platform. Namely Game Pass. I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, according to this, Wolf Among Us 2 delayed to 2024. To avoid burnout and crunch, which, yo, nice. Let's see. Okay. So, I, I don't know what else I have to say. Like, good for this guy for putting it in the public domain instead of letting the companies potentially win. Um, mm-hmm. Wish more creators would do that, but... Although it does look like I'm going to not be able to play Wolf Among Us till 2025. Well, that's okay. They need to get the bugs worked out so that it doesn't... And whatever episode... into space. And also... <laughs> Yeah. I take it that's something that happened in a certain uh, field of stars. In a certain field of stars. But yeah, it would also allow all the episodes to come out, assuming that they're doing the episodic model still. That's something yeah. that, that kind of fell by the wayside, huh? Yep. You're, well, actually, you're talking about episodic gaming? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, next topic. Uh, yeah, as I add uh, something to the general topics list. Okay. SAG after members approve video game strike authorization vote with 98.32 yes vote. Um, let's see. So, and for anyone who doesn't know, the including um, you, including me, what <laughs> doesn't know? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't believe. So for anyone who doesn't know, SAG-AFTRA, among quite a few companies and, and workforces, um, has been striking since May of this year, um, following 
the development of, and I'm putting sarcasm quotes around AI tools. Um, AI, I don't like immediate tangent. I don't like AI for this stuff. Even even the slightly more technically correct generative AI, they're not artificial. They're just doing what they were programmed to do. The like, and maybe this is hair splitting. Maybe this is like asinine. But like when when you talk about AI, I think of like a, a something that is able to think to itself to some degree. It doesn't have to be as self aware as you know me, an adult human, but more even if it's like child levels of self aware. Like that's more AI. These are not AI. These are just little little programs that you spit data into, and they spit out other data in the form of um well whatever pictures essays um musical simple musical compositions like so on and so forth which are all very uh, pictures neat of john things. oliver marrying cabbage absolutely they're all very neat things but not ai not artificial intelligence so anyways rant over uh sag among several other um workforces although you know there there might be different reasons but Zagatra has been striking because of the use of uh ai air quotes ai in uh development of films um and tv shows which and they just reached a tentative agreement uh but there's no details about what's going on with uh the uh writers guild uh with hollywood mm-hmm. which is Related to this in a roundabout way. Yeah. But the uh, SAG-AFTRA is Screen Actors Guild, and I don't know what AFTRA stands for in the SAG-AFTRA. Googling it. Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Okay. I guess they kind of lump video games into that now as well. Yeah. So AFTRA... is a very SAG after a very powerful union unions. Um, and so they have all this collective bargaining power that they're, that they are using to hopefully reach, um, an agreeable settlement, uh, and result in new contracts. Cause the, you know, the film and TV folks haven't been working since May and the video game strike is now approved to do basically the same thing because there are very, Similar types of work um, that the employees feel like they're not being paid enough for and they're being overworked, which is very true. Although that's usually the uh, just across the board, overworked, underpaid. Yeah. Uh, especially in the video game industry. I really don't know, after covering this for so many years, why anybody would want to build games with a big company. Money. Uh, it's not there. What money? You're not an executive. Yeah, good point. Good point. But you know, all of my uh, all my love, my good vibes, go out to uh, the folks who are have been negotiating this deal for the the unions. I'm a union man through and through. Collective bargaining power and workers' rights. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add. And I don't think I have anything in particular to add. It's more just, it was an interesting thing that yet another, you know, uh, creative uh, union is coming out against uh, AI 
Which I know it's not true. A, uh, it's yeah. Yeah, hey. that's that's more of my like hair splitting like frustration mm-hmm. though. Like you don't have to be so correct if you don't want to be. Although what's going to be interesting is uh, there's a class action lawsuit against the company that runs op- uh, uh, ChatGDP. Yeah. Uh, from a lot of major uh, authors talking about how chat GDP is has used their works as the basis of its learning model and are suing to essentially cease and desist it. Which I agree with. Because it's not an actual artificial intelligence. It can only copy and make derivatives of other people's work. Oh no, it could also lie. Well, that too. Pretty much if it doesn't know something, it just, yeah, makes something up that sounds legitimate. There was a... Uh, hang on, I gotta find this real quick. Are you about to bring up the World of Warcraft, like, fake no. news story that got propagated by uh, a whole bunch of AI writing about the same fake piece of news that was done to, like, test this and, like, you know, show off how bad it was? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, it's it's even more delicious than that. Uh, me. This would actually... So, a lawyer got in trouble in court for using chat GD, GPD, and I've been calling it G, uh, GDP. But, GPT. Uh, I know uh, about this guy. You can, you can continue, but I know yeah. about this guy. He used that... He used the chat chat gpt as essentially his research for a court case and since it had no idea what he was asking about it just made stuff up that sounded legitimate yep it copied the structure of like court documentation and and real case precedent but they were all fake cases he got in huge trouble (laughs) rightfully so I mean, to the point where it was quoting decisions that just don't exist. Oh, it, it kind of shows you just how dangerous these are, yet funny. Where, you know, somebody that doesn't realize what this is tries to use this tool and, you know, gets themselves in deep shit. Yeah. Legal Eagle did like a. Yeah. No, that's why I long heard video it. on this. But. Yeah. Oh, but it's good times. <laughs> Indeed. So our next topic for the night dips into the community corner bucket, mm-hmm. um, which is Phil Spencer is right. AAA games are in big trouble. Um, this is a pretty long thing. Um, comes from an, some internal... Do- well, okay, so there was a document... Uh, internal document leak from Xbox where Phil Spencer is talking with other executives and and you know whatnot um, about issues in the last few years that they have observed in the overall shift to digital game marketplaces um, and how that it's proving problematic for them. They weren't prepared for it, which to me is so interesting because the switch to digital really started happening 20 around about 20 years ago i would say 
uh, 15 to 10 uh, for the hardcore switch, at least on PC. The hardcore switch, yes, but the initial switch over really started happening about two decades ago. But hardcore, absolutely. Um, within the last 10 years, thanks to, uh, you know, uh, Steam? Steam primarily on PC. But in the last few years, too, with the Xbox and PlayStation, um, their digital storefronts. You know, I mean, they, with Game Pass as well. And the most recent Xbox has an edition that doesn't even have a disk drive. But, yeah, it's it's interesting to see them this candid without the bullshit. To be fair, this is in a document leak from a court case. So, you know, the unfiltered uh, Phil Spencer, right? Yeah. Phil Spencer, unplugged. I'm going to I'm going to read an excerpt from this um where that it you know as it goes through it's talking about, you know, I I guess the phrase is, you know, how the sausage is made and it's talking about in some depth, it's not a super duper deep dive, but in some depth um issues that AAA game developers and publishers have been facing that they're essentially becoming stagnant. And uh, this excerpt is, um, it says, specifically the AAA game publishers, starting from a position of strength driven from physical retail, have failed to create any real platform effect for themselves. They effectively continue to build build their scale through aggregated per-game P&Ls, profit and loss, hoping to maximize each new release of their existing IP. So, in, in summary, AAA developers and publishers of all stripes are doing what companies in sort of the natural progression of capitalism is that they have not innovated as the market has changed around them. Uh, People talk about rapid market uh, switches or changes as an excuse. Yeah, this hasn't been rapid. And this has not been rapid. I mean, you know, you've had... 15, like a good 15 years to be like, okay, this whole digital trend thing is not going away. And it has accelerated more and more and more in every single avenue of consumer spending and use and engagement as everything has shifted to full digital, minimal or no physical, you know, ownership of, of entertainment, books, movies. TV shows, video games have all gone this way and they've had decades to to sort it out and they haven't. And so now they're in a position where that they're stuck in this in these kind of loops where that they have to keep making, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars off of their existing IP because to branch out into new um into new waters under new territories for storefronts or IP. Like it's just too costly. They've circled their wagons too much and have banked it all on the way that things were that they're Which also gets into some of the nastier monetization that they've been doing. Yeah. I mean, how we, uh, uh, you saw the gym acquisition. What was it this week about, uh, paying what 10 bucks extra just to play the game a few days earlier. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Total scam. But they're looking for any way to milk any last remaining dollar out of the consumer. At the I very mean, end of 
Oh, sorry. I mean, before that, it was microtransactions and battle passes and loot boxes, and it's been going on for, for about the same amount of time. And we've said time and time again, these things are not sustainable. There is not enough room in the marketplace for that many games doing that much stuff all at once. People only have so much money. And, you know, certain places in around the world are doing a little bit better. Um, but real consumer spending is not improving in a lot of places. Um, you know, measuring, like tracking how many jobs are created and how many people are employed or unemployed only tells part of the story of people's economic stability, willingness, and capability to spend. And in in a lot of places, the United States is is one of them, you know, stagnant wages, runaway inflation. Like, yeah, more people are, are working than they were. More jobs are being created and filled than they were. But people still are having to spend all of that money on necessities. You know, rent, mortgage payments, food, medical care. Because we're not a real country. <laughs> we don't have a government that does shit to help us. They just build tanks and planes and uh, don't forget, bombs. Uh, uh, blow up uh, people of color. That too. And yes, yes, more complicated than that. I know, I know. But I'm I'm mad about it. So let me have this one, guys. Uh, hey, if you wanted to have your rights protected, all you gotta do is uh, you know befriend a, a Supreme Court justice and give him a few million dollars. Yeah, send him on some lavish vacations. You know, let him use your personal yacht. Yeah, you're not using it. I mean, that's the one for Tuesdays. Yeah. At the end of the article that we've got here, the uh, writer says, for mega publishers, the prognosis is grim, which explains why Activision would want to make room for itself under Xbox's umbrella. Uh, But there's a silver lining around the thunderclouds. In Spencer's own words, most of the great and beloved games of this era have been created by independent studios with full access to distribution. And the implication there is digital distribution, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is 100% correct. We have, you know, we've said for years on the show, and I said before we did the show, like, man, these indie games really are something special. Like, you know, we can't, like, there's no space in the market for AA developers anymore, or very little space. Not that there's none, but very little because of the cost, rising cost of things and difficulty competing with AAA studios. So, the, you know, the mid-level developer, you know, has either been folded into a larger company or just become a much smaller indie studio and all of the best games are made by indie studios all, I mean, of, the not most... all of them because yeah beat cup is a good example of this well yeah but i'm saying like <laughs> you know i can think of when i'm not so sleepy although i might could still do it who knows but i can think of a bunch of really good indie games that are better just objectively better than anything that's coming out in the triple a space I mean, oh, I'm just going to go through my, what I have, quote unquote, my favorites right now. The coin game made by a husband and wife team, uh, recapturing the 80s feel of uh, arcade games. Uh, is Besieged uh, self-published? Yeah, it's self-published. So Besiege, uh, building siege engines and wa- uh, wacky physics puzzles. Um. Heat signature. There you go. <laughs> Former game journalist turned uh, uh, turned uh, indie game developer. Yeah. Um, 
Juno New Origins uh, slash Simple Rockets 2. Uh, yeah, what, Kerbal Space Program 2 hopes to be someday when it grows up. I'll, I'll come back around to that later. Right. Although, I don't know how much later it's going to be. Like, I'm <laughs> running out of steam oh. on this one particular article. I don't yeah, know what I else it's got left, you yeah, know. I think I accidentally double yeah, I double clicked that. Uh Parkitect, uh, another one that's uh yeah, recapturing the feel of the old tycoon games and actually being a tycoon game instead of just a sandbox game. Right. So uh shall we uh circle back around and uh Let's circle back around this very small circle. Mm-hmm. Uh KSP two's registry spam promises fix, air quote, soon. Oh boy! Oh oh boy! <sighs> so I want to highlight something before we get onto this. I do not take delight in kicking KSPT wads down, mostly, mostly, because I really want this game to eventually be something decent. Yeah, I do not take a special delight in. Uh, picking on it, and I do not take a special delight on uh, uh, picking on the developers of it. Because it's fucking sad. So, it seems that PSP2 since launch of the early access some six, seven months ago has had essentially a, a memory leak, okay? Okay. So the idea of this is that somewhere in the uh, build of this, the game is redirecting variables that should be written to a like an INI file or some sort of persistent file to the registry. And it constantly does this. It doesn't overwrite the previous uh, values. And it seems to be attached to... Uh, sphere of influence changes and changes in the state of your craft. So, like staging, uh, leaving, like uh, Kerbin and going uh, to Mun would be a couple of those entries. And it adds up. It adds up quickly. There's a couple people on the forums talking about having over a gig of junk information in their registry. Now, why this is bad. Okay, so let's go into what the registry is, first of all. The registry is, well, it says it right on the tin, it's a registry. It's a, essentially a series of registry. uh, uh, No, no, it's not a series of tubes. Sorry, I couldn't resist. First first of all, you're dead. Uh, It's, it's essentially a series of files that, uh, that individual programs could uh, register into. And it gives Windows a general idea of what fi- what programs are loaded or loaded onto the computer, not loaded and actively running, and some information about them. But the thing is that the uh, a portion, if not the entire registry, because I did have to go look to see if it's changed in the last few iterations of Windows, and there's some conflicting flanks on if it's the entire registry or part of it is loaded into RAM. Now, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're loading the registry with, you know, let's say a gig or two of just junk data, that, that that's a memory leak. That's a slow memory leak, but that's also a 
fucking system-wide memory leak. Yep. That, I've realized that this is most likely a mistake, and they've come out and said that they have a hotfix coming soon. Mind you, this is also the same company that's had a roadmap and talked about having the science uh, mode in the game soon, and it's been seven months without so much of an update beyond just basic bug fixes. Soon, I'll put in massive sarcasm quotes for a reason, and that's the reason. They are unspeakably slow on pushing shit out. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, until this update comes out, don't play KSP2, although it that seems to be advice people are taking anyway. Yeah. And you can clear out the data that's been added uh, to the registry. Be extremely careful if you're doing that, especially if you've accumulated quite a few hours. If you've only played a few hours, you know, it's not going to make that big a difference. But it's one of those things that there's people out there that's played hundreds and hundreds of hours. And this is going to be a serious impact to them. And just mind-boggling that one, uh, it, you know, it took seven months to find this, right? Mm-hmm. But it, because it's attached to the time played, and I would say a good portion of the player base just loaded up the game one or two times and loaded up again whenever they did a bug fix, and that's been about it. Yeah. It's not surprising that it slipped through the players for this long, but the fact that it didn't pop up in testing or going through the code and seeing something's not right, it's not writing this particular file, you know? That that just seems weird. And it makes them look like hacks. More so than what they have been. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was very quiet. I don't have a dog in that race, so to speak. Um, You know, I know what a registry is. I roughly know how it works, but all the rest of that, I was just, you know, a party to. It's just another reason it, for me to not get KSP2 right now. It's, it's, if it was done intentionally, it's a dangerous practice because the registry is a fragile, fragile thing. You basically only want to put in the bare minimum of what you have to into it because if you delete the wrong entries into it or change the wrong entries, you're looking at a reinstall of Windows. Yeah. I mean, there's very few instances of fuckery up that I could that I've seen compared to this. One would be you know, deleting Pete.ini from uh, Eve. Or well, yeah. Eve doing that uh like twenty years ago now. Or fifteen years ago as I guess I should say. And only other thing that I could think of that's tangentially, you know, this egregious the operating system of your computer would be like the Sony root kits, where yeah, you know, the music CDs had a root kit DRM built into it, and uh, some viruses were using it to hide themselves because, of course, they would, because it, it was so sloppily written that it was just looking for a, a file with a particular name on it. So um. yeah, just. Be careful out there, because... Whew. Yeah. Be careful, folks. 
surf safely. Yeah, and uh, turns out uh, don't play KSP two until they eventually fix it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I at this one, at, at the notice of this going on, one I went to my director tree to confirm it, and yeah, there was a uh, uh, a a hell of a lot of information there. Not as much as some people, but yeah, that was confirmation for me. Yeah. It was one of those trust but verified because it, it, it seems so outrageous. That's my name to be outrageous. But anyways, okay. Well, Rage, where can people send us stuff if they want to send us stuff? Well, until Twitter shoots itself fully in the foot, they're threatening uh, a subscription service to be able to use it now. So if that's the case, <laughs> oh boy, right? Yep. Uh, VGL podcast on the Twitter, and if you were to join the free Discord, uh, which that implies that we have a paid Discord, which we don't. At least as far as I know, do do we have a a paid Discord? Is uh, Graham the uh, the hobo there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If you were to pretend to uh, be a puddle with Graham, you could do it's so. Very relaxing. Little we'll splash. You can find a link to that over on the website, which you can find a link to that at the top of the page on vtlpodcast.podbean.com. Indeed. So, hey, buddy, why don't you hit him with your socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. I still maintain my Twitter, so if you was to contact me, you could do so uh, gaming with CR, or if you was to be my friend on Steam, you could do so over there, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? I've been Jared. You can find me on Twitter X. Twitter X, Twitter, whatever. Blueburb. At JMA4707. Obviously, you can find me here. Find me on our Discord server. Uh, I'm Jarether4707 on there. Come say hi. That's about it for now. Uh, things are some some very likely big potential or big changes in my life coming up. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. I'll probably I mean, post there's, some stuff about it on social media. Yeah, there's been big changes in my life. I had to get a job, so that's going to impact the show occasionally. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, once again, you can contact us bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game related topics. Uh, tweet them to us, and yes, I'm still using the verb tweet, because hey, if Elon Musk could uh, dead name his daughter, we could dead name his platform. That's my That's rule. Right. Uh, tweet them to us, VGL Podcast, or shoot a message over, over, ah, over, over, over on Discord, which you can find a link to that, once again, vglpodcast.podbean.com And if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this uh, possible. You can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at incomputech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.